is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your Purify my heart, cleanse me from within, and make me holy. Purify my heart, cleanse me from my sin, deep within, refiner spark, my heart's one. To be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your My heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your will, ready to do your
Your plans are still to prosper. You have not forgotten us. You're with us in the fire and the flood. You're faithful forever, perfect in love. You are sovereign over us. Wisdom unimagined. Who could understand your way? Raining high above the Reaching down in endless grace. You're the lifter of the lowly. Compassionate and kind. You surround and you uphold me. Promises are my delight. Your plans are still to prosper. You have not forgotten us. You're with us in the fire and the flood. You're faithful forever, perfect in love. You are sovereign over forgotten us. You're with us in the fire and the flood. You're faithful forever, perfect in love. You are sovereign over us. Even when the enemy means for evil, you turn it for our good. You turn it for our good, for your glory. Even in the valley you are faithful. You're working for our good. You're working for our good, for your glory. Even when the enemy means for evil, you turn it for our good. You turn it for our good, for your glory. Even in the valley you are faithful. You're working for our good. You're working for our good, for your glory. Your plans are still to prosper. You have not forgotten us. You're with us in the fire and the flood. You're faithful forever, perfect in love. You are sovereign over us. You're faithful forever, perfect in love. You are sovereign over
cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. Praise the name of the Lord our God. 
stay seated for this one, but you can try, Judd. Try me, consume all my darkness, shine on me, shine on me, shine, Jesus, shine, fill this land with the Father's glory, blaze, Spirit, blaze, set our hearts on. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. Gaze on your kingly brightness, so our faces display your likeness, ever changing from glory to glory. Mirrored here, may our lives tell your story. Shine on me, shine on me. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on. Flood the name. 
with grace and mercy send forth your word lord and let there be light you may be seated this is candy cane anybody heard about the candy cane already the story of the candy cane anybody okay I think a few of you heard about the candy cane what does this be, uh, what does this uh, look like to you a cane right what is this J is for Jesus. You heard this one before, haven't you? Give me one second here. So, you did already say, this is like a cane. What was a cane used for back in the Bible times a lot? A staff, right? And um, the, the shepherds used to use a staff. When they used to take care of their sheep, they used, like, when they herd the sheep in, they just used a rod and they go up, like, you know, and they try to get them in the pen and that type of thing. Exactly. Well, in the Bible, it, Jesus refers to as our shepherd. So sometimes Jesus like, Dave, you need to come back over here a little bit sometimes. Like, oh, okay. And so sometimes it's like, Jesus is our shepherd. But when we turn this, it's J for Jesus. As Jesus is our shepherd. So let's talk about the colors. Well, I guess backing up. Hang on. Oh, there we go. Yeah, just hold that one. 
emergency. Actually, um, I heard on my phone, back in like 400 years ago, like 400 years ago, somebody came up with a candy cane, which it wasn't a cane at that time. He just had a candy, like a uh, something. Yeah. And then, back in about 1800, someone came up with the cane. And they used to use it for like on the Christmas trees and stuff. And then when it came over to America, the guy's like, oh, they're going to use it for, he added the red colors to it. So the candy cane is white, like pure. When the Bible talks about our sins are as, uh, hang on, let me see if I have Give me one second. Let me grab my phone here. Sorry. So the white part is Jesus. Jesus was pure and holy. He was without sin. Um... The white part here, the white, yeah, you just hold on to that one, and I'm going to show you a little bit more then, okay? Um, the white part is, I lost that one again. Yep, and in Isaiah uh, chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Through, though your skins are as scarlet, they are, they shall be white as snow. They are red as crimson. They shall be like wool. So the red stripes, this is representing the blood of Jesus. When Jesus was crucified, they beat him. And these are the representing the stripes of Jesus and his blood, uh, what he did for on the cross. And then you feel like the candy is real, real hard. The candy is real hard. That's like the foundation. Like Jesus builds you like it's on a rock. Like a rock is real hard. This is where the candy is real hard too, representing Jesus as being our rock. So the next time you see the candy, so again, is what is this? And the cane, yeah, is like a rod. You know, sometimes we just need a little bit of help to go along sometimes. And just remember, who is this? J is for Jesus. And who's your shepherd? Jesus is your shepherd. And what is the white? Yeah, Jesus was pure in what it's read about? His blood that cleanses us from all our sins. And so, um, and then you see the peppermint. So, so when we have Jesus, he's like the peppermint. He's like refreshing in our souls, in our spirits, in our hearts. So the next time you think you have the candy, just think about who's your shepherd. Like your mom and dad are kind of like your shepherds too. But Jesus is all of our shepherds and what he has done for us. Okay, you can go back to your seats.
Good morning. Yeah, it looks like we're on. Um, just a note to those of you that are going to speak today, use this microphone. Make sure you keep your uh, mouth up relatively close to it, if you would, please, so we can hear you. Um, welcome to each one of you. It's good to have you all here this morning. It's hard to believe we're uh, entering the holiday and Christmas season, getting to be almost the end of the year already. And uh, I think it's always a good time for reflection and thinking about what's happened in the past and thinking about you know, moving forward, thinking about what God has done for us and what he's going to continue to do for us. A children's lesson was uh, flowed into that really well. Dave, thank you for that, for that uh, simple analogy to uh, point us to uh, to Jesus and you know that's those kind of those kind of analogies are everywhere around us if we take the time to to look and to think them through the whole world creation whatever it is is there to to point us to Jesus and and I, I love little analogies like that to uh, put our minds in that direction. Part of reflecting what God has done for us is uh, the part that will fit into our service today well is that we have our communion breaking of bread service today and a good time of reflection of what God has done for us not only in this past year but his redeeming love that he has for us constantly and the change that that can make in our lives. We want to celebrate that today. So Phil's going to moderate that time and a few brothers are going to be sharing. And then uh, after that time, after our service, uh, we will have a meal as we normally do. So please stay and enjoy that time with us and those of you that are our visitors thank you so much for coming and spending this time with us please stay for the the food and the fellowship as well all right let's turn it over to phil So then, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. You. You're not a stranger here, and you're not a foreigner. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. So welcome to God's living room. That's what the Holy Spirit says to me every Sunday morning. Welcome to my living room. Where my people are, and there's not a stranger here, and there's no foreigner, unless you're not born again yet of the Holy Spirit. And if you're not born again, and you haven't been adopted into God's family, today can be your adoption day. Yesterday was December 2nd. Six years ago, we had our adoption day. Was it six years? 
Yeah, six years. And it was an awesome day. We packed out that courthouse. Judge was like, what are all these people doing here? There were 50 families that adopted kids that day in Des Moines, Iowa. They even had the TV stations there getting us on the news, telling us why, at, giving, us, giving us an opportunity to share a little testimony, and it was really interesting. They never aired it again because the first thing I said is, it's Jesus, right into the camera. They didn't like that very much. Well, I saw my opportunity, and that was a spontaneous thing. I had no idea the cameras were going to be there, and we were back with the lawyer doing the final sign, and she said, hey, there's a TV uh, news, one of the local news networks is out here. They want you on TV. And I was like, okay. And so the usher is out there, and the guy has a camera up in my face, you know, on the mic, and I forget what he even asked us. What's so special about this day or something? And I said, it's Jesus. I'm like, whoa. Okay. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the house, with the saints, and are of God's household. Having been built upon the foundation of the apostles, the New Testament, and the prophets, the Old Testament. We need both. They're our foundation. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone that connects them and fulfills all of it. To whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. That's where God wants to dwell. Not in a temple made with hands anymore. He's not over there in Jerusalem anymore. His presence is right here. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when those bodies come together for fellowship, to praise His name, there the Holy Spirit is. You sense his presence here? He's here. He's going to speak to you. He's been speaking to you. He's inviting you to come and have fellowship with him. And if you're here and your heart feels cold and you feel like kind of distant from him and you don't sense anything, just take a moment to open your heart and see him. Experience his love. Today we have a, a bit of a different service because every first Sunday of the month we have uh, a time when we celebrate Jesus. That's what it is. It's communion time, a breaking of bread, and we celebrate Jesus. And we invite all of us together. As If you're born again of the Holy Spirit, the Lord has forgiven your sins, and you know you are one of his, join us with that. And uh, may the Lord minister his grace strongly on each one of our hearts as we celebrate that together. And in doing so... We don't have a, 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 full, a full sermon. Um, I, I invite other brothers to come and read the scriptures and share a bit. And so some of you brothers are going to do that. One of you brothers knows that you're going to do that. The others are going to be surprised. Because one of my jobs as a pastor here is to help you in your journey with Jesus in obeying and experiencing the power of his word. And... His word says in 1 Peter chapter 3, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always, not just sometimes, always being ready to make a defense to everyone 
who asks you to give an account for the hope that lies within you. Yet with gentleness and reverence. So I'm going to help some of you do that this morning. You don't know yet that it's going to be you. But I'll call your name and then you can be ready. Just giving you a little forewarning, Kent. <laughs> He's looking at me like, uh-uh. I'm going to just bless you, each one of you. Uh, it, it is one of the great joys of my heart to come and gather together with the saints, whether it's here on a Sunday morning or whether it's in our house during the week or out in a coffee shop with, with his fellow believers. It, it, it fulfills my whole life, and I hope it does yours as well. And uh, I, we have some visitors here who are here for the, the first time. Can I just mention your names, Brandon and Allie? They're getting married next week here in this building. Let's give them a blessing. So we're blessed to have you join us today. Thank you. And we're going to rejoice in your wedding, even if we're outsiders. We get that. <clears throat> Brother Hank, would you come forward and, and read? We're going to read through the epistle of Hebrews. And one of the things that the Lord has been impressing on my heart is not only his presence, but his glory. Because that's who he is. He's the glorified Christ. Brother Hank is going to lead us in Hebrews chapter 1. All right. Um, we're going to be reading here Hebrews chapter 1, uh, going into uh, Hebrews chapter 2 a little bit. <clears throat> God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son, he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Chapter 2. Therefore... We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. 
or if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and, he, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will. Just a couple words that I'd like to mention here. If we go back to uh, verse 14, he says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? If you look at the entire picture of what he's saying here, he's saying that the prophets had their, sp uh, their spot. There were many confirming or testifying to this before this time. But now he says the son is the one. And then he says, are they not all ministering spirits? And I think of it that everything together, like it talks about in, uh, in Acts chapter 2, it says that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And this happened, and this is what he's talking about here. Hebrews chapter 3, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was in all his house. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. By just so much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm unto the end. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Chapter 4, verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, because of this, let us draw near let us draw near with confidence, not with timidity, with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy 
and may find grace to help in time of need. Brother Judd, would you come and read chapter 8? scary. <laughs> okay, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent, that the Lord set up, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See what see that you make everything as according to the pattern that was shown to you on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he meditates is better since it is enacted on better promises. For it is the first covenant had been for if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. For when he finds fault with them and he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, that I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I have made with their fathers. On the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of Egypt, they did not continue in my covenant. And so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. For they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I remember their sins no more. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete, and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Um, I honestly don't have too much to say besides that. I feel like kind of caught me off guard there, but yeah, I'll be a little more later. Father, we just read that your covenant. Your new covenant is written on our hearts and on our mind by the Holy Spirit. And so we come to you. We just take a moment. We're here to celebrate our, this new covenant in Christ's blood. Would you do that part of your covenant to every soul right here? From the youngest child who is consciously aware that they have need a Savior to the oldest person among us. Don't miss one of us, Lord. Don't miss one of us. Come, I pray, and write these words, these living words of life on our mind and on our heart as we read them. Thank you. I know you are. In Jesus' name. Brother Henry? Would you come and read chapter 10? Uh, hang on. <laughs> you had a sense, huh? The Spirit was touching you. Is it chapter 9, verse 8? In verse 15. 
Chapter 9, verse 8, verse 16. Okay. By this, the Holy Spirit indicates now that the way into the holy place into the holy places is not yet opened as long as the first section is still standing. Uh, which is symbolic for the present age. Um, according to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper, but but deal only with food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of, ref, of reformation. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not, not of this creation, he entered once, for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. I can't talk with that thing. <laughs> um, so, where would we begin? Um, so, in the old covenant, we had... Uh, trying to collect it all in my mind. Um, the old covenant, there was, uh, the, the, we have the presence of God right now because of Jesus. Back then you had to purify yourself and enter into a tent and you had to go through things to be, be purified to get close to the presence of God. Now we have the presence of God here with us and um, I'm not, you can fix this. You, you'll, you'll, he'll, fi he'll fix this. But, but the way I understood it is in the Old Testament, uh, I believe people still went to heaven, but their, the blood of animals and stuff like that, the sacrifices, that was a putting off of the payment for sin. But Jesus paid it all, just like the song says. Jesus is the one that actually 
paid the price for our sin, not the blood of cows and bulls and all their sacrifices, all that stuff. That was not enough to forgive sin, but a putting off of the sin until Christ came. And then he died for the sins of the world from Adam all the way to now, from the first person all the way till now. Jesus has paid the sin for all. So that's something that actually confused me a little bit when I was a newer Christian. I'm like, why didn't they just keep on doing the sacrifices? Well, that was a that was a putting off uh, kind of like a I don't know I don't know a good analogy for it, but basically forgiveness came through Jesus is what it's saying, and those sacrifices and all that were not enough to get us to where we're at now. And the reason we don't need that that tent and to uh, to um, go go through these rituals and stuff is because of the blood of Jesus. So that's all I got. By the way, you don't need to feel like you need to make comments if you don't have anything. Just That's totally fine. Um, I don't want to put an extra obligation on you. Reading the Word is the power of Christ within us. It's living words. But thank you for your comments, brother. Shall I fix that? Um, I'll do a very short synopsis of what I, what I believe the Scripture teaches us, is that in the under the Old Covenant, there was a place... Hell was not a burning hell fire. Jesus was the first one who referred to hell as fire. In the Old Testament, it was a place where the dead slept. That's how David referred to it. That's how Samuel referred to it. It was a place of the dead where he simply went to sleep. David says what? Is there any glory in my death when he's begging God to keep him alive from Saul? He says, will my dust praise you? No, it won't praise you. And numerous times under the Old Testament, you see this written. They refer it as a place of sleep. It's interesting when Saul, in his desperation of his last night alive, before the Philistines came and and his armor bearer killed him, but he goes to see a witch, right? And and he says, bring up Samuel from the dead to me. And you know what Samuel says? The witch, God allowed the witch to do this, simply to prove to Saul something but she brings up an image of samuel and samuel says to saul why did you disturb me from my sleep today you're going to be with me right where i am because of your disobedience you're going to die but matthew tells us that when jesus died he went into the innermost part of the earth where the dead sleep and he preached to the souls who were destroyed in the flood. First Peter 3 says, he preached to them so that the gospel is preached to those who are dead and living. And that changed everything forever. And Matthew says that when Jesus rose from the dead, those saints rose with him and ascended up into heaven. So every soul that ever got born from the time of Adam until Jesus' time Heard the gospel in those three days from Jesus. 
And those who believed, they rose up out of that place of death and hell turned into a hellfire, a burning lake of hellfire, torment of souls for those who did not believe. And those who die ever after that and don't believe in Jesus, they go into a hellfire, a fiery hell place that Jesus referred to. And so that's what I see in the scriptures through putting together different scriptures. Just my, None of us know for sure except what the scripture gives us, right? So that's my perspective. Brother Brandon, where's Brandon? He just took off. Nathaniel, you're up for his said. <laughs> Would you come please and read Hebrews? I'm going to have you start. Come on up. I'm going to have you start verse 23 and leave verse 9. Yep, Hebrews 9, verse 23 to verse 28. Um, moreover, 20, 21 to 28, 23 to 28, okay. Um, it was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he, he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the, after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall, have, shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Carrie, would you read chapter 10, verse 5 through verse 18? Verse 5 through 18, chapter 10. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said above, You have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, these are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. What did you say? What verse? 18. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifice, sacrifices which can never take away sin. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. 
for by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified and the holy spirit also bears witness to us for after saying this is the covenant that i will make with them after those days declares the lord i will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds then he adds i will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more where there is forgiveness of these there is no longer any offering for sin Brother Michael, verse 19 through 25. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has inaugurated for us through the veil, that that is his flesh, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love to love and good deeds not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near and then what am i going to again okay all right yeah that is brandon would you read verse um, verse 32 to the end of the chapter of chapter 10. Verse 32 to the end of the chapter. But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. Sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction. Sometimes being partners with those who, with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that yourselves had a better possession and abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has been a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done that will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous will, my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Patrick, chapter 12, chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Therefore, also, since we are surrounded by 
by so great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensures us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that we who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising despise, despising the shame, and and has sat down at the right hand, at the right hand of the throne of God. For for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Brother Jemaah, chapter 12, verse 18, to the end of the chapter. For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor into blackness and darkness and tempest. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated, that the word should not be spoken to them any more. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned and thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But you are come unto Mount Sion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of the Sperling that speaketh better things that, than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet one more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God, acceptable with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Mervs, Hebrews 13, verse 10 through 14, actually through 15, verse 10 through 15 of Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, 10 through 15, we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is bought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. 
Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered outside the gate. So let us go out to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we do not have a lasting city, but we, we are seeking the city which is to come. Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. Verse 20, Now the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Is Jesus precious to you? After reading through those scriptures, he is to me. This week, I journeyed through Hebrews, and as I did and was praying about today, this is what the Lord shared with me. And it brought me into this sense again of what an awesome thing Jesus actually did. So that he has the right, the authority to forgive our sins. But not only to forgive our sins, we need a lot more than that. That's just the beginning. From then on, we need an intercessor. First John 2 says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He could never do that for even one soul in the old covenant until he offered them the gospel by shedding his blood and going there and preaching to them and offering that same hope to all those souls. Is anyone going to say God isn't just? You're full. You're fooling yourself to say God's way is not right. Somehow he's unfair. Satan has you deceived. Come to Jesus and recognize what he is, has done and is doing. You and I can have no victory over sin. Not one time without his intercession, without his help. Else it becomes a self-help, which produces pride, which anyone can do without Jesus. You can put all kinds of disciplines into your life, and so can I. That's not victory over sin. That's pride, which is one of the worst sins you, can, you and I can commit. There's no other sin that the Scripture says God fights against that person except pride. And Jesus fought against only one kind of person while he walked on the earth, the proud in heart. The Pharisees and scribes, we know them. We like to categorize them. Jesus wasn't fighting against Nicodemus because he came in humility. Even though he came in fear, snuck in at night, he came in humility and in faith. And Jesus shared the gospel with him. But to all those who are proud in heart, Jesus fought against them. So you and I cannot in any way help ourselves. Not one time can we take a thought captive. Not one time can we not lust with the eye. 
Not one time can we not lust in our flesh. Not one time can we get victory over covetousness. Not one time can we get victory over any sin unless we have an advocate with the Father. He not only forgives my sin, He saves me from sinning. That's the glory of Jesus in my life every day. I hope it's the same for you too. If you haven't experienced that yet, and all you've got from Jesus is forgiving your sins, and you sin every day, and you experience his forgiveness, praise the Lord, you're experiencing Jesus. But I feel sorry for you. You're only experiencing half of what Jesus came to do. The other half is his grace that keeps us from sinning, his intercession with the Father. He prays for me right now. He's praying for us. So we're seeing him. So I'm sharing with you. And that's what gives me the strong confidence that if I died this moment, if someone were to break in here and shoot me dead right now, as I'm sharing with you, I'd be in his presence rejoicing because Jude would be true in my life. I'll read this, and then we'll go into communion. This would be my immediate experience. Not because of any works that I've done, but because he intercedes for me. But ye, beloved, verse 17 of Jude, but you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. And they were saying to you, in the last time there shall be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. They don't have the Holy Spirit. But you, beloved, you who are loved by God, beloved, that's what it means, you who are loved by God, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some, have mercy with fear. That means with reverence or awe, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, Jesus. Now to him who is able to keep me from sinning and to make you stand in the presence of his glory. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I failed you so many times. Please forgive me. Is that what you will be doing the moment you die? Not me. Though all of that is true, that's not how I'll come before the throne of Jesus. This is how I'm going to come before the throne of Jesus. Bound to him who is able to keep me from sinning. And make me stand in the presence of his glory, blameless, with exceeding joy. Who's rejoicing? Jesus, not me. Me too, but I've just entered into his joy because I am blameless. Blameless. 
perfect. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. That's my Jesus. That's who I'm coming to celebrate today. I invite you to join me in that experience. And if you can't come that way, just take a moment to come into his presence. Let him cleanse you with the washing of his word. Experience the forgiveness of all your sins. Not one left. Make you whiter than snow. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be made whiter than snow. Come to him and receive his grace in your life. His intercession, his help. Open your heart to receive the Holy Spirit, the anointing one, the comforter, the helper, whom he promised. And let him write his word on your mind and your heart. And you are saved. Whosoever believeth and confesses with his mouth, believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth shall be saved. Lord Jesus, that's how we come today. It doesn't matter if we've been Christians, been adopted into your family a few years ago, last year, just recently, or 30 years ago. We still need your intercession. Intercession, your your advocacy with the Father. And I come to you that way today to praise you that I don't had to, I didn't have to come and kill a goat. I didn't have to come and take a couple turtle doves and bring them to an altar and have the priest kill them and put the blood on my finger and my ear, my big toe, before I could have my sins forgiven. You've already paid all that price for all of our sins. So we come to celebrate you, our Redeemer and our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Here in the church, we have a couple of the deacons who open these doors, and they pour the grape juice into a little cup, and they have a lot, numerous little cups back there with little pieces of bread broken on the tray. And what we do is we just take time and as we um, sometimes sing a song, um, maybe someone has, has a song, Anthony has one, we just get up at your own uh, convenience. You can get up and go back and get a cup and a piece of bread and then come back to your seat and wait until everyone has. And then together we say a prayer 